Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here at 8pm on Monday evening. That's right, you can join us on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter at 8pm live every week. Or you can catch the recordings uh, as well on those places as well as as a podcast um, on just such for New Zealand Sport Radio um, for that. Uh, also, don't forget folks that we've got our, the standoff show is back up and running now. The NRL season is back and that's at 8pm on Wednesdays. And so you've got your, your rugby union and your rugby league covered here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And boy, oh boy, what a weekend we had because the Drua got their first ever win, um, which is absolutely massive. Also, we saw Moana Pacifica get themselves up and running uh, as well. Also, we had some pre-season, a pre-season game for the uh, Super, Super Rugby Opaki, uh, which is having all sorts of issues um, at the moment. But we'll talk about all of that um, during the show, as well as look forward to the games coming up and also the Six Nations games that are coming up as well. And uh, I say we, that's because, yes, it's not Paul talking for a solid hour all on his own this week. I have got um, Stephen Harris back. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Thank you, Paul. Been a very busy day, but uh, as always, it's always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM. It is, it is, and uh, loving, loving your Northland hoodie there that you're you're, you're sporting for the show, showing your uh, showing your allegiance um, there with um, uh, with that one. And uh, so, what was your weekend like? Did you catch all the Super Rugby action, um, or were you did you mention get out around the grounds? What was your how, how did you get on this? How was your rugby this weekend? Yeah, listen, I I did catch most of the Super games, bar the. <clears throat> The game that was being played in, in in Perth just a little bit late, obviously Perth standard time compared to to New Zealand. So I really had to rely on the the highlights, and it looked like a really good game. You'll probably tell us a little bit about it. But in terms of anything on the local scene, listen, there's a lot of preseason games happening at the moment, especially here in the Auckland area. And uh, luckily, uh, down at our local gym at, at Waitakere Stadium, you can just look out the window and pretty much watch the Waitakere seniors running around. They were playing East Coast Bays, team from North Harbour on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, it looked, it looked good. Fitness looked reasonably good and uh, and some good tries, some good early season um, tries being run in by these guys uh, hitting their preseason straps. Yeah, look, the uh, the club season is uh, just kicking off. Um, the uh, we've got training on Tuesday night for the Waihe, and so I'll be heading off down there tomorrow evening for a beer um, and uh, to catch up with them. Hope looking at uh, being their cameraman um, again this uh, this upcoming season. Um, so I'm looking forward forward to that. I was going to say, Paul, you're going for a beer, and then a training might break out. <laughs> uh, well, no, no. Well, hey, 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 I will not be taking my boots. Don't worry. I, 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 I've just been in touch. Said, okay, is it fitness and touch? And he went, no, no, it's contact training at the moment. It's like, <laughs> okay, then I will leave my boots at home. But if it had been touch, I'd have been down there for a bit of a bit of a run around. But no, unfortunately, um, it sounds like they've been pretty serious right from the off. They did start some a uh, a, a little bit earlier last year. We did have some um, what do you call it? Some uh, some touch and fitness training in January. Um, but I guess the whole COVID thing uh, means that that hasn't uh, that hasn't ha- hasn't happened um, this year, um, unfortunately. So 
But uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into that. And um, who knows, maybe I'll be seeing Wayne Smith down there as our assistant coach, uh, which would be uh, be good to, to, to have a chat with him. Exactly. Pretty handy, pretty handy guy to have in the community. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty tough going at the weekend because, as, as you say, uh, we had that game that was on, that was on at midnight uh, kickoff, um, uh, but that meant we had three games back to back on Friday and Saturday. That is a lot of rugby um, to sit through. Uh, but um, great to have people in the live chat with us. Uh, Simon Hughes there, and also uh, um, Ramathani um, as well, uh, joining us both well, on YouTube and Facebook. So great to have you guys. Um, joining us live, um, but uh, yeah, it is. A, it's, it's, it's an awful long time to sit in front of the computer uh, and uh, and watch that amount of rugby. I'll be honest; I did kind of switch off on some of the games, um, but um, but not the first one because uh, we kicked off um, with Moana Pacifica versus the uh, Crusaders. Uh, a lot of us going into this thinking, "Yep, forty odd points uh, win for the for the Crusaders," um, but. Uh, Moana Pacifica really have done a lot of work since we saw them at Mount Smart in pre-season, haven't they? Their defence was uh, uh, was much improved. Oh, very much so, Paul. And you know, I suppose for a lot of us, given they were given that they were pretty well thumped by the Chiefs in a pre-season game, and not the strongest Chiefs team either. You know, a lot of people were, were mentioning that it was a B team or a C team, and uh, it looked like they had a whole heap of work to do. But uh, they really surprised us, and they and they they came out. And uh, they, listen, they defended like their lives depended on it um, in that first half. And that kept them in the game. We always wondered if it was probably going to be enough or it was going to take its toll, especially as it got deep into the second half. But boy, they really hung around like a bad smell. Absolutely. And uh, so it was. A, it, I, none of us ever expected them to win, let's be blunt here, um, or even a losing bonus point. But to be within 11 points of, of the Crusaders is fantastic. Look, um, the Crusaders' first penalty was in the 49th minute. It was 8-0 in the penalty, penalty count at that point, um, which uh, shows you that they weren't getting any favours out of the ref either in this one. Um, look, I'm not going to, um, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to jump on referees. We need referees, folks, for the game to happen. I'm sure there were honest mistakes, um, but there were a couple there I said, that, did, that didn't go their way. Um, but I mean, we've got to be, be aware here that um, the Crusaders had six debutantes um, in this game, so it was a very much a uh, a, 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 a a changed side. Um, Simon Hughes saying some people on social media accuse the Crusaders of match fixing. Um, I don't think that was the case. I don't think this was an ex a very inexperienced team, relatively speaking, for the Crusaders. Um, players who weren't used to playing with each other, um, and uh, I think that told really. Um, and I think we'll see pretty much all the the New Zealand teams, except maybe the Highlanders. We'll get on to them later. Um, probably resting players coming into these games, which uh, is going to make things a little bit easier for the for Moana Pacifica, uh, which uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing uh, in their opening season. Oh, listen, there'll they'll, they'll come a time where they'll earn respect from the rest of these um, uh, New Zealand teams or these other five New Zealand teams. But I, I'll tell you what, I think for the guys who ran out for the Crusaders, they certainly made them stand up and, and take notice, especially in the physicality stakes. I don't think they lacked anything in physicality. And I think that was um, part of the reasons why they stayed in the game so long, Paul. I think they, they met the Crusaders on the advantage line, hit, hit them hard and just slowed their ball down enough just to realign their defence defensive systems at the right time and uh, I think they'd earned respect at the end of the 80 minutes it certainly came through when uh, uh, the likes of Scott Robertson was interviewed and you know he looked a relieved man when the Crusaders picked up that uh, bonus point try right on the uh, 80th minute because I think uh, um, I think his mood wouldn't have been relieved I think he would have been pretty peed off for had they not <laughs> yes. picked up that uh, bonus point you know weak inside or not but listen to pay the uh, Moana Pacifica a, a bit of due credit as well. It's fair. It's fair to say there were a lot of guys in that Moana Pacifica team making their debuts at Super Rugby level as as well. You know, a lot of guys who you'd probably say are outside the best 180 players in New Zealand. That's after these sides are selected with their contracted players, their their wider training squad players, and we all know that the, usually the best young Polynesian players are all locked up in academies all around the country. So, you know, when you consider what they're picking from, 
listen, I don't think it was a bad sort of debut at all. Yeah, sure, it's probably highlighted some areas where they're going to struggle, especially up front. But the good thing for me, you know, their scrum didn't disintegrate in the second half. If anything, it actually got better. And I think that might have actually even pulled the odd penalty, Paul. Yeah, but they, I mean, they also, their scrum was going back to the first half. It definitely struggled. The line-out was misfiring. Um, and their kicking from hand was mixed. Um, Irani was 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 the exception there. His kicking from hand was brilliant, which is why you saw them. I think probably why you saw a lot of their um, exits were from his box kicking. Now I've just been listening to Roberto Ball on um, SEMZ, and he has because he, he does a uh, Moana Pacifica show just before this show, uh, and they had a player on you saying, "Yeah, look, their exits were one of the areas that we have to have to work on, but also their set piece as well." Clearly, on, on those ones. He was also saying that he had J.K. on on his Sunday show, and J.K. was saying that uh, there were some question marks around the uh, various scouts and stuff as to why weren't some of these players signed by the Super Rugby clubs. And it's like, well, we've been saying that for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you know they, that's what, that's what they need to tune in on a, on a Monday night to the TDM, and we'll we'll update them. And we've been doing this for the last what is it two three years, Paul? So uh, you know they've totally they've totally missed the boat. Um, we all know about those players that could have, would have, should have. And, um, you know, somebody like Lincoln McClutchy, you know, you kind of look at his skill set when you compare him to Simon Hickey. And I mean this with the greatest respect. Wow, what a skill set. And we know he's the sort of player that can open up any defence on on his day. Nero Formai out on the wing. We know he's a multi-skilled um, footballer. You know, some of, the, some of the other lads in this team have really, really stood up. And I was really impressed with Henry, Henry Stowers. But we've seen Henry Stowers... Um, playing for Canterbury, I think it was. He had a season down there in the in the NPC. So we know that he is quality. Yeah, so I think I interviewed him after a game at um, FMG Stadium last season, last year as well, during the NPC. Um, so yeah, it's we, we know their quality. We know, we know they've got some good players in there. Uh, but we also know there are, there are play, that, that most of players haven't had the opportunity at this level before. And getting used to the intensity, the physicality and the speed, the lack of time is going to be a big thing for them. But um, and, and just trying to say, get that platform. But um, uh, we, we follow that up by another debutant team, Fiji and Drua playing the Rebels. Now, I had the Rebels down for this one. Now, Rebels have not started well this season, let's be blunt. But they have got way more experience at this level. Um, but the uh, and in the first couple of minutes, we saw the, um, uh, the Rebels go over after two minutes to get their first score. Tamua kick, making his... Uh, kick from the sideline and I'm thinking this is going to be um, uh, the, the same old story with the with the Drew unfortunately and they were trailing 7-14 uh, at half time um, having also um, had a pick uh, a yellow card for repeat um, collapsing um, so I thought this was uh, um, th th this was just only going one way and didn't really pay attention to the second half but um, Stephen they showed some uh, some 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 real guts here to real character um, to to come back in that second half. Let's uh, sometimes the Pacific Island sides things are if things aren't going their way if the whistle's going against them they can lose their heads and we've seen that in the first couple of uh, rounds. But um, they kept their heads in this one and uh, and came back really well. Oh, they did, Paul. And what makes this even more and more crazy? Um, you talk about a maybe a dysfunctional. Uh, scrum with Moana Pacifica. We'll talk about a dysfunctional, dysfunctional lineout. Um, the uh, with the Fijian Drua, they struggled to win lineouts. In fact, they actually decided, you know what, we'll just throw it over the back and uh, take our chances with the lot with the long throw. But the one upper hand that they did have in this game was, uh, and once again, was was at scrum time. They they actually scrummed reasonably well the week before against a um, an Australian front row. Uh, when they played the Brumbies. And once again, boy, they they actually showed some real power. And I thought they were consistently good in that particular area. So it just gave them enough of a platform. And in the second half, the other thing, with that platform, they were able to get over the advantage advantage line. And once they got in behind the Rebels, well, anything's possible. Is, and actually, what's pleasing about this is that, it, and yes, they had breakaway tries involved, but the way they saw this game out was, um, was by three penalty, th th gaining three penalties in the Rebels' half and kicking all three. And you're like, okay, this is a, yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a team that yes, it's got the Fijian flair. We saw that, um, and it's got it in spades, as you'd expect. 
but they, they've also got some game management there. And look, they were missing their um, Kiwi fly half, who have just gone blank about um, uh, with uh, Braden Kerr. Um, and um, the uh, uh, which um, so so even without him there, uh, it was it was good to see that game management for me closing out the game, and that to me was what was most impressive of this for uh, by, by the Drewers. So um, great to see them uh, have, have, have got a win. You've got to say their games against the Rebels and Moana Pacific are probably the games that they've got a chance of winning in. The rest of them, they're going to find um, pretty tough. But, uh, but yeah, well done to them and uh, and in the manner of it in that second half. And uh, Stephen's got to learn to turn off his mute. It's great that one of the things we have not lost um, is uh, oh. Stephen's ability to talk into a microphone and not be heard. Yeah, well, I'm actually just trying because I've got a neighbour. I've got a neighbour next door, and there's a few boys from Kelston Boys Training, and they decide they like loud music. So uh, I just muted a, a wee bit. I was going to say uh, one player who I thought the um, <clears throat> the drawer would miss was their skipper Nagusa, who's been quite impressive in the, in their first two games. But uh, meta meta the um, meta meta the open open side flanker boy he he's stepped up stepped up big time in fact their Lucy's actually played really really well and you know got a lot of turnovers at uh, at breakdown got over the advantage line so yeah it was great it was one thing about it it was a, a celebration of a Fijian style of rugby that they played in the in the second half which got them back in the game and then of course there was the discipline uh, to kick three penalties at the end just goes to show that it was the Rebels that lost their discipline at the end of the day. And I agree with you, Paul. Sure, they're missing um, a few key guys, like, you know, Leota, Hodge, people like that. But you know what? They've been part of Super Rugby for a very, very long, long time. And when you're putting a, a roster together, I think it's important that you have a, a almost like a number two team if things go wrong injury-wise. Yeah, and that's... Going to be something we're going to talk about um, probably uh, in the second set of games. But um, so we came off the back of that one, Western Force versus the Reds. Um, now I'll be honest, I didn't didn't watch neither of us watched this one, um, but I did catch up um, on the uh, the highlights for this one. And James O'Connor, I saw on the social media was getting lots of props after this game. And boy, uh, yeah, the highlights show you why taking it to the line, giving it to players, running into holes, um, really was running the show here um, with this one. Um, the um, and the, the Reds picked up a yellow card, but during that time, still um, managed to uh, equal the points by um, the opposition, and then picked up a second yellow card, um, but still um, came through. So, um, yeah, good performance by the by, by the Reds. Look, they are uh, they definitely stuttered over the first couple of rounds, even though they were getting the results. Their performances haven't been there, um, but uh, looks like things are starting to click for the Reds. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, do they do they need need, need it to happen? But uh, um, yeah, uh, looks uh, he heading in the right direction. Yeah, listen, this this game got pretty close close for a while there, Paul. In fact, um, the um, force got themselves back into a when Strawn, the fullback kicked the penalty, they got back to I think it was uh, 20, 2016, and it wasn't really it wasn't really until the Reds scored a couple of late tries through through uh, Flock and and McFrack. Um, McGrate, that they really put the game beyond doubt, and of course the, uh, the 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 force though had their opportunities in the game between that third third quarter didn't just didn't quite nail it. But I suppose uh, if there's a couple of lessons for for any players running around in Super Rugby uh, in Australia to learn, Hunter Pint, Hunter, you don't run up Hunter Paisami's channel as. Um, um, Matahali found when he made a break from just outside his own goal line it was a heck of a break, but he got stopped dead in his tracks about 40 odd metres out and originally I thought, gee, this could be a card, but when they looked at the ta tackle again, boy, it was just a, a good tackle Paisami doing every everything right, getting a, getting a shoulder getting a, um, a right shoulder in there, doing enough to wrap the arms lifting the player but putting him down safely uh, well, to my mind, he, he did everything right except he put his arm between the guy's legs, right? Uh, if you're going to grasp around there, when you sort of lift to put put them on the floor, you're going to tip them, um, and that was where his problem was. If he had if he had that round the waist rather than round rather than under between the legs, or even just round the legs, he probably would have been okay. But because that's where his arm was, that meant he tipped him, um, went beyond the horizontal. Now, he landed on his side. It wasn't a dangerous one, but. They're trying to eliminate that entirely from the game. Mm. Um, 
so hence yep uh, uh it's yeah unfortunate but he just it's just very very slightly got his got his technique wrong yeah. with the way that arm went and then and that was it yeah i, I just wonder sometimes if slow motion makes it look a lot worse than 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 what it all what it was you know i always get, get look at how the player who's received the tackle is at the time and you know Matelli he, he, he got up and, and credit to him he didn't stay down um, but you know at the end of the day that's probably in the hands of the officials and I think that's going to be the theme tonight Paul we probably don't want to get stuck too much into the officials <laughs> no, you, you're right it probably did look worse because it was in slow-mo but that but that's what the, the the thing he got wrong was that height that what getting that arm between the legs uh, and that's that, that that was a technique issue Otherwise, apart from that, it would it would have been perfect. Um, it was yeah, it was incredible. to stop a player in his tracks who's shifting like that. And Mattielli is not a small player, um, so uh, yeah, very 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 well tackled. So um, look, force heading in the right direction compared to last year, absolutely. Um, but um, the uh, but up against the the the, the Australian champions, uh, and unsurprisingly, they didn't quite have enough um, in the tank for that one. On to um, Saturday and talking about um, having enough in the tank, um, boy, the Blues just um, just got themselves, dragged themselves over um, the line for a win at uh, Eden Park. I had the Chiefs down for this one, um, but because uh, uh, I thought, especially the way that the Blues uh, sort of succumbed to the Hurricanes in the previous week, um, but uh, look, they 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 managed it this time. Um, it's for me, it's great to see Caleb Clark back to. Um, uh, back, back playing well after pretty much a lost year last year um, with the uh, with his whole sevens um, thing in the Olympics. But um, yeah, he's having a cracking start for the season, isn't he? Yeah, and and you know what? Look, he looked like the player that first really burst on the scene a couple of seasons back as well. You know, it just seemed to be a renewed vigor about him. Really, really good in the air. A couple of really spectacular catches as well from uh, from from Caleb Clark. But I suppose for the Blues in that first half, there were a lot of visits to the Chiefs' red zone and uh, not much to show where the other way around, not many visits to the Blues, not many opportunities for the Chiefs, but everyone nailed. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, um, I think it's been a bit of a theme for um, this year about, some, and I've seen it, seen it also in Six Nations, is about teams being dominant but not getting points. Uh, we've seen that a few times, uh, and quite often it comes back to hurt you. But this this time was one of the rare occasions where they uh, they, they got kind of got away with it um, uh, a little bit. Um, they, I mean, Brad Weber, uh, his hundredth game um, did really well, and as Arsene pointed out on our chat, uh, another player reaching his hundredth game and not winning the game. Um, it seems to be uh, perhaps emotionally takes a lot out of the, of, of of teams. Perhaps it's a bit of a distraction um, from the for them. Um, rather than being the motivator um, that you would hope it would be, but um, they uh, they didn't some um, kind of managed uh, uh, kind of, uh, to do it. Um, another player that I'm, I'm going to talk about is um, Soakula um, for the Chiefs. had a ha, had a couple of um, shockers early on um, with, uh, with with drop balls, but then um, uh, Sam Kane uh, had a chat with him behind the posts. And uh, from then on, he didn't make another mistake, had a cracking game. And it really has um, started the season really, really well. Um, I was asked to submit post-match questions by Chiefs Media. And I asked them uh, to ask Sam Kane what he said. Unfortunately, that wasn't asked during the post-match interview. I've got a recording of it, folks. Um, but I don't think anything was said on it um, that was particularly worth me putting it out there. Um, so, uh, so I've not made it available to supporters of New Zealand Sport Radio because they didn't really, they were pretty, pretty bland um, answers. But um, uh, if you become a supporter over patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio, where I uh, get uh, video clips of coaches or players saying something that's interesting, I'll put it on there for supporters. Um, so do go over there and support us uh, on the, the, the channel if you, uh, if you can. Um, and uh, I guess the other one was, um, uh, was uh, Sam Kane up against Papilihi. With a lot of people giving Sam Kane the uh, uh, the points decision in that one. Oh, listen, I don't disagree with the, with yourself and and the pundits that have said that it was a it was a really good intriguing uh, contest. Both of them with high standards, but you know Sam Kane, he still has that ability to get those real key turnovers. You know, just seems to get the almost McCaw like just get his timing. Um, 
accurate. You know, if you if you see Sam Kane, he doesn't always give away a lot of penalties at at, at breakdown, and it, it just shows he's pretty much in tune with uh, with that particular area of of the game. So, like for me, I really really enjoyed that contest. Yeah, one of the things actually, interestingly, when you talk about Sam Kane at the breakdown and you say penalties, was that one of the things he said preseason was actually getting used to the referees um, around how they're going to be uh, officiating things. And remember, folks, there has been referees in camp um, with these teams. It wasn't down in Queenstown, but but prior to that, there were. So um, perhaps he learned a thing or two uh, going into the season, which has uh, which has helped him uh, uh, helped him stay on the right side of the uh, the, the law on that one. There. Um, the I mean, RTS again. I guess RTS watch is going to keep on happening. Um, the uh, had a fine game, but um, in that one, uh, and I don't think. Uh, but um, and uh, Bowden Barrett's back now. A bit concerning to hear him say a few a couple of weeks ago that uh, he was concerned as to whether he would actually have to retire from rugby due to the head knock he had. Um, so uh, good to see him back. And look, anybody who thinks. That the game is going soft, or that the uh, the game's being ruined by removing by by lowering of tackle heights. You need to when you got someone like Bowden Barrett saying, "I was thinking about retiring." Yeah, oh boy, oh boy, you uh, you need to you need to realise this is not a, this game has not gone soft in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we do need to look after players uh, uh, in this one. Is it, ironically, Paul, a couple of players uh, returning from head knocks, Tom Robinson, as well, and you've got to say, you know, probably. Both players a little bit, a little bit below, below par. Although I would will say, um, Bowden Barrett once he actually, once he pretty much got past his few jittery nerves or whatever they were, he made a few early early mistakes uh, when he came on. He did did show that he offers better structure in terms of the uh, in terms of the Blues attack, and that was shown with uh, that brilliant try to uh, to to mark Mark Talia. But I, listen, I thought a couple of guys in the Blues team that, that actually stood out. I thought Stephen Perifeta was very good, good value. Yep. Kurt Eklund, um, very good. Mm-hmm. I thought Finley, Finley Christie, when he was on there, was was strong. Another solid game from Josh Goodhue. I know didn't stand out as much as he did in the uh, in the game against or the previous week against the Hurricanes. But he's just got such a good work rate. Makes a makes a lot of tackles. But there's a lot of credit to the. The Chiefs were meeting the Blues. They didn't let them um, dominate the gain line. They actually stopped them behind the the, the gain line. And I just suspect um, at times the ball, especially in the first half of the Blues, whilst they had a lot of ball, I don't know if it was as clean and as accurate along the back line as it could have been. Yeah, it's interesting listening to Razor um, on, again on SCNZ Radio with um, with Roberto, where he... Um, he mentioned the difference between kind of the Blues and the Chiefs is the Blues are much more are more structured, um, and the Chiefs Chiefs are more physical and perhaps less structured. So, uh, um, if you so if they've not got a fly half who can pull that structure, then I think the Blues are in a bit of trouble. Um, there was a bit of a joke on um, I was listening to a podcast, uh, what a lad with um, oh, uh, oh I've gone blank, Richard Mwanga, another player who came back this week, but he was like. It's probably good that they've got um, RTS at twelve and not um, and not Rico, as I don't think uh, um, RTS would have re- received the ball much if he if he was at thirteen outside of um, Rico, which um, is like ooh, <laughs> to come from one of his own teammates kind of thing, talking about his passing. Ouch. Well, you know, we, we we've seen a couple of examples in the last couple of weeks. The a week ago against the um, don't want to dig it up, but against the uh, the Hurricanes down uh, us. Down in Dunedin, he had a he had Mark Talia outside him, and he didn't pass, and Talia could have walked it in. And then we saw an opportunity from really, really, really quick ball, and he basically it was a quick it was it was quick hands, but you could just see the position of the way he flipped the ball. His fingers were pointed up, and of course the pass went went high to um, it may have been Talia on the outside, but there was a good opportunity there. But it really needed total soft hands ball. Just a, just a, a little movement, soft hands. But I noticed his finger. I, I looked at it again. His fingertips were up. Not that I ever played centre, folks. Um, and it was just because he'd stuck his fingers up, the wrists were up, which meant the pass was high. So the opportunity was missed. So, you know, those are areas of his game that he probably really, really needs to, um, to, to get right if he really wants that uh, number thirteen jersey in the All Blacks. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think. Talking um, 
bit of sign on all blacks um is that uh, we just look at those outside backs now where you've obviously got Seville Reese who's still scoring tries, Will Jordan um and uh, Lester Fine Kanuku um down um down the Crusaders. Uh you've uh, got some um, Jordy Barrett who seems to have uh, nailed on that 15 jersey uh, down at the Hurricanes and also um Rayasi down there who's scoring tries for fun. Uh Caleb Clark coming back into it. Talia playing decently when he gets the ball. Um and also Rico Wine. So I mean um, and and of course George Bridge as well who uh, um uh Razor admitted he has uh, something to prove after last season uh down uh, down at the Crusaders as well. So uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of competition for those back three places and as you say at the oh. moment it doesn't look like it looks like Rico is definitely a a winger uh, at international level. He, he's, he's not a 13 um at the oh. moment. It's just his distribution skills just isn't there. Yeah, and, and Paul, a lot of heat coming from a lot of other wingers, of course, in the in the same game. Uh, we're starting to, maybe we're starting to see the see the potential of Etienne Nandai Satoru again, you know, beautiful, beautiful beautiful step that left uh, Tom Robertson and, and and no 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 man's land shot through through the middle. We're starting to see his class. Um also Rayasi, who we'll probably talk about in, in the next game. So there's a there's a few wingers out there that are just starting to starting to put their hands up and hopefully put some pressure on the incumbents. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, so well done to the Blues. Um, just uh, just hanging on there, there was a penalty at the death um, that, uh, that, Gatlin, that Gatlin missed. Um, good to see Arcoy was the first player there, putting his arm around his shoulder um, to, uh, to obviously to, to console him on, um, on, on that one. Uh, so the, um, yeah, it, it's quite often the kicker gets the blame, but um as Clay McMillan said in the past post match, they've done enough to win this game, but they didn't put they didn't put the points. They didn't take the opportunities when they should have done. Well, 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 Paul, I've got a, I've got a, um, I've got a confession to make. I did pick the Chiefs by um, by one one to twelve, and I stuck uh, eighty dollars on the the, the Chiefs. Eighty dollars. Yep, eighty dollars. So there was three hundred and twenty bucks. Uh, sitting on that that kick that went to the left of the pace, and unfortunately that's where it stayed to the to the to the left of the pace. But I was lucky enough to make it up in the next game. We'll get it back. Yes, so the next game, game, the Hurricanes versus the Highlanders. Hurricanes come out twenty one fourteen, but this is I think I, I put it on our internal chat. This is possibly the worst game of rugby I have seen or Super Rugby between two New Zealand sides. It was not very good at all. Now. When you realise that the Hurricanes were on their fifth choice hooker and fifth choice halfback, um, and their halfback came back, came, drove down um, from um, Palmerston North to play the game that day, you kind of understand that the Hurricanes are, well, um, to say they're on, they're, they've got a threadbare squad is putting it nicely. Um, they they really are uh, uh, scraping bottom of the barrel trying to find players. Well, well, Paul, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um... For, for me, something uh, something interesting. The first two shots at goal hit the pace. Yes. And uh, if, if you jumped on the uh, TAB option to hit a, a penalty to hit a goal pace, first up was paying eighteen bucks. So uh, I kind of missed. I know, unbelievable. Eighteen dollars to hit the pace. See, it's not what you don't. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What you look at is not always the uh, um, the winning or the point spread, but just look at all the other crazy options um, that are in there. And I was fortunate enough to uh, to lump some money on Podi Rakati Stones 
as a try scorer, not so much a first try scorer, and uh, and he was paying, uh, I think it was eight dollars. So I collected on collected on that. So watch those quirky little options if you're looking through the TAB options. Not that I'm promoting the TAB here, but uh, just give you an, give you an ins- insight if you want to make some money. There's there are options there. I think I think that I think those odds were pretty short because let's be honest, he has never that, that's his first ever try in Super Rugby, uh, and he's played way more than eight games. Um, so, so I think that I think those odds should have been longer than that. But hey, um, well, that, it is what it is. Well, well the TAB have actually got an option. Any, <clears throat> any, any forward one to eight that scores the first three tries, there's money. There's money on them. Um, that's how I, I basically picked up some money on uh, Friday night's game as well. I had uh, a forward as the first. You could either score the first, the second, or the third try, and uh, boy. That for me, that was e- that was easy money. I think I put uh, that was paying eighteen dollars on Friday night at five dollars. So, boy, have a look at those odds. They're, they're worth a look. But um, the, I could not find a first try scoring option, so I don't think the TAB had that option running for that particular game. But uh, yeah, if he was probably a first try scorer, I'm picking. He probably would have been at oh easily twenty plus. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was um. Look, it, it wasn't a great game, as I say. Well, it was, it was a very poor game. Um, so I'm not sure what, what more we want to say about this one. I guess the only other thing to say about this is that the Hurricanes assistant coach has come out and said, we have COVID in the environment. Um, so <laughs> you do wonder, will they be able to put a team out this weekend? And uh, who are they playing this weekend? Well, Moana Pacifica, who have already missed two games. So it would be, uh, yeah, if uh, it doesn't rain, it pours, um, as, they, uh, um, as they say. Um, so, uh, yeah, real shame there for if, if Moana Pacifica have to miss a third game, how are they going to catch those up? I've got no idea. Two games, you can just about feel it, but three, wow, that would be that would be a lot um, on, on that one. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a, um, a shame. Um, Simon, yes, there is, uh, who's in the live chat just saying uh, there is no golden points in regular season. Yes, there is. There is golden points in regular season this year for Super Rugby Pacific. Um, it's not golden tribe, it is golden point. Um, just to make that one, um, make, make that certain, because it was golden try in Super Rugby AU last year. Paul, Paul I was going to say, I wonder if that was a real disruption, the late withdrawal of uh, uh, Asafa Amua, um, apparently in the in the, in the the training run before the game, and uh, Miley came on and made, made his debut. But listen, it'd be remiss of us not to mention a, a couple of things. Um, Adi Savia, wow. Um, he, he was absolutely huge for the Hurricanes. And, man, I'd almost say almost the difference, Paul, because he was just into everything. He got them over the game line. He got turnovers at crucial times. And I, I thought he was probably the one player that was just consistently good in this particular game. And um, the other question I've got to ask myself. And well, actually, just, on, before you go on, uh, the, about, um, I swear, he was hobbling around at the end there. Really uh, hope he's uh, hasn't done anything serious and is okay going forward. So yeah, he's playing some fantastic rugby. He's a big he's a big part of that team, but it also begs this question. You also see this great always see this great impact off the bench from Braden Yosse. Is is he a perennial off the bench player, or do you think he's the sort of player that should be given an opportunity in the eight jersey pool? Um, I look. <sighs> You hear this term now? It is. It's a squad game. It's not. A, it's not a first fifteen game. So, yes, players would like to be first choice, but I think there's also, um, and especially you've seen this now with, with both South Africa and the and France playing, having six two benches, is that there is very much a a bench, um, uh, yeah, bench roles. And if you can nail that properly, um, I, I think players now uh, a bit like being the best sixth man in basketball um, is that. Um, is yeah, being being the best bench player um, probably can get you a, uh, make you can make a good career out of that. Uh, being able to make a big impact off the bench uh, and change games. So uh, I wouldn't be up to I, and and it means you have to play less minutes. So I, I wouldn't be too upset if I was him uh, if I could nail that down as being uh, being a specialist bench player. Yeah, yep. Now the other the other the other question I, I wouldn't mind asking as well is just in and around the selection of the halfback for our Fakatava. Um, I I just can't help feel that you should still be starting with your best halfback. I know they had to give him a run at, at some time, but I would have given him a run against Moana Pacifica or, or um, you know, maybe maybe the, the second half because I couldn't help feel 
it was so important to have Aaron Smith starting that game because you can see the difference that he did make when he came on in the second half. Yeah, I mean, especially after two losses as well. Um, so the Highlanders now haven't got a win yet. Um, they've got the Blues coming up, then Moana Pacifica. Um, now, when they signed Fakatava, I thought great because one of the issues that um, Aaron Smith has had in, in recent years is that he's been playing 80 minutes for quite a lot of games. Uh, now, he's not the youngest boy around. Uh, he's getting towards the end of his career, let's be honest, uh, or in the latter heart, la the latter part, last latter third at least. Um, so I actually quite liked this. I, I thought it was a fantastic signing. I mean, he didn't have to play as many minutes every year uh, as he has been. So from that point of view, um, if you're thinking for the Highlanders, yes, he has to start. If you think about the All Blacks trying to win the next Rugby World Cup, no, <laughs> it's a perfect decision. So it comes down to, I guess, what are you wanting um, from what, 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 what yeah, what, what's more important? Um, and uh, look, Fakatava's coming back from injury. Uh, he, he's, um, we, we know that uh, Dan McKenzie took nearly a season um, to come back. So his 2020 wasn't great after that injury that he had, long injury, but his 2021 was fantastic. So uh, look, it can take players time to come back from injury. So uh, look, he needs game time to get over that, um, to get back up to speed. Um, I guess uh, the, the problem is that, yes, it's... Um, it's hurting the Highlanders currently uh, with results, um, but it's good for the players. And I guess what what it's uh, what is Super Rugby for? Is it about providing players for for the All Blacks, or is it about trying to win? It was trying to win. It was the wrong decision. Players for the All Blacks, perfect. So uh, what what is Super Rugby for? <laughs> and Steve, for those of you listening to the <laughs> yeah, podcast no, 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 watching the video, Steve is shrugging your shoulders at that point, going, I don't know, I don't know. So yeah, but yeah, but yeah I, I get your point um on yeah. that one. Um we finish things up then with the uh, Brumbies versus um the Waratahs. Uh the Waratahs probably the the best, the most improved team this season, um, I would say. Um and uh, and whilst I don't think they're gonna go anywhere near winning it, um I the the team that have impressed me most with uh with what they've managed to do, um, considering where I thought they would be. Um, the, uh, but still, as expected, the Brumbies came through 20 to 7. Um, look, they are the, uh, um, them and the Reds are ahead of the other teams um, in Australia. Um, a much more structured team who can uh, put, put away a, a young, growing side um, that, is, uh, that is Waratahs. So not surprised by that one. Um, and I've forgotten. I've, I've watched the game live, but I've forgotten what happened. Um, so I can't really say much more than that. <laughs> yeah, there was. It, 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 it was a game where at one part I looked at it, and um, there was one stage the, the the Brumbies were leading twenty four to six. And if this had been a year ago, a year ago, it probably would have been forty eight six. But like you say, credit to this Warriors side. They they are they are better. They look. They look reasonably good in the in the in the loose in the loose forwards. I I, I really do like the way their their loose forward trio of uh, Gamble, Harris, and Sinclair work together. I mean, it's like um, Charlie Grant Gamble is originally a, a Christchurch lad, played for the uh, uh, Canterbury Under Nineteen team. They won the title about four seasons ago, I think it was, and was destined for bigger things, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. And uh, um, blow me down, he was playing um, shoot shield. In uh, Sydney, and he makes the Waratah side, and he looks like he's just getting uh, better and better. And Harris, at the, no relation, by the way, he's the number eight, big, tall, rangy number eight. Looks a really, really good uh, prospect as well. But we also know the threat uh, of their midfielders, Fuketi and Peresi. Peresi can basically open up any sort of defences. It kind of reminds me of Malakai Fikatoa, the way he runs, but I think they just left themselves far too much to do. Even though you could arguably say the last 15 minutes of this game, they actually dominated, but just at key moments, the Brumbies managed to get real key turnovers. And I thought for the Brumbies on the night, Rob Valentini, very, very good with ball in hand and just a damn nuisance at breakdown. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And I I'm going to agree with Simon here that I think Waratahs finish eight. Yep, I think they they are the best of the rest in because there is a big fight for that sort of eighth um, position. So um, I think they will they will get in there now. Let's quickly look forward and uh, do our Super Rugby predictions for next weekend before we uh, do the ladies and the Six Nations. Blues up versus the Highlanders. Um, look, the Blues um, uh, I think are going to win this one. Highlanders have been a um, 
a bit poor, but I th- I'm going to go Blues um, by seven again. Um, I think uh, I'm just not sure they've got the the the, the, the stamina um, to to keep away uh, and and finish off a big score. I think they'll probably go out to a lead bigger than seven, and the Highlanders will probably come back at the, come back a bit, but not have enough uh, in the end. Yeah, I think there'll be a sense of relief by uh, Leon McDonald and his coaching staff after that game on the weekend. That I think they'd they'd almost kind of treated almost like a loss even though it was, wasn't, was and I think they really want to go out <clears throat> and probably on this occasion nail the opportunities um, that they missed out on last Saturday. So I'm, I'm picking the Blues. Uh, I'm going to go big, 12 and over. Wow. Um, Rebels then host the Brumbies. Now, um, the Brumbies beat the Drua by by 39 points. The Drua have just beaten the Rebels. Um, now, so I'm going to go um, Brumbies by 20. A, it's away, um, and B, I think they might rotate a few players. Um, for this one um, against Rebels, so yeah, my, my, my Brumbies by twenty. Yeah, that's a that's a you can take that one to the bank, Paul. Your your one dollar your one dollar will be very safe. In fact, I'd probably put <laughs> I'd put five dollars on it, mate. Splash out a wee bit, mate. At TAB, you never know. You might you might catch them early, and they might be paying a dollar fifty, dollar thirty, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've then got another midnight game. Um, with Western Force over in Perth. This time they are hosting the um, the Waratahs. I'm finding this one a hard one to call because um, the, uh, the the Force at home um, are going well. The Tars have impressed with that 30-point win over the Drua, gone close with both the Reds and the Brumbies. But I'm still going to get Western Force by three because they're at home. But this one, I, I, I think, can go either way. Oh, Listen, I'm, I'm going to go for the Force. We, we spoke about improved teams. I know the Waratahs are an improved team, but I think the Western Force are, are a real improved team as well. You know, you think back to that uh, very first game against the Brumbies, and it took a late try for the Brumbies to, to get over the Force. So I, I think the Force will bounce back. Oh, no, beg your pardon. Sorry, this is being played at, um, in Sydney. No, I'll go. The, sorry, I'll go the other way. I'll no, go the other way. Yep. Yeah, it's in Perth, this one. It's a midnight game in Perth. Oh, well, I've got I've got Lockhart Abel in Sydney. Oh. Jeez, I'm not sure which one is true. Um, is is has, has the uh, uh, is Super Brew correct or is um or or is uh, the Tribe Sports app correct? Uh, well, it's a difficult well, one. Well, I'm I would going go, yeah, yeah. The home team by three, whichever one's home. Yeah. Yep, I'm I'm with you there, Paul. The um, um, we then go. Then uh, we've got to then the Hurricanes hosting Moana Pacifica. If this one goes ahead, because I say the Hurricanes might not be able to put a team together for this one. Um, the having seen Moana Pacifica go so well against the Crusaders, knowing that the Hurricanes are going to be down so many players, I'm still going to pick the Canes, but only by seven. Um, normally, I would have gone Canes by like 15, 20. Um, but um, because I think they're going to, because I'm not, I don't know what side the Hurricanes are going to be able to put out. Um, I'm going to close. I'm, I'm closing that one right down. Not, I'd be, I'd be disappointed if the if the Canes didn't put a side out. I'm pretty sure they should have enough depth, depth to cover it. On saying that, what were they down to their fifth halfback, Logan Henry, who drove down from uh, uh, Palmerston North? So that was. That was pretty crazy, I've got to say. And good luck to him on his debut and picking up a uh, a meat pie. Yeah, the Hurricanes to me. I'm, I'm thinking 12, 12 points. 12 plus would be a safe bet. Um, then we've got the uh, Crusaders versus the Chiefs. I think we'll see a very different Crusaders team this week than we saw last week. Um, Richard Mwanga apparently will be playing this game. Whether we start starting or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but look, the Crusaders at home, um, they're, on, they're, they're, in, they're in good form. Um, I'm putting the uh, uh, Crusaders by 10. Boy, this is mouth-watering, Paul. It really is. Um, I'm going to go Crusaders, but I reckon it'll be under seven. There we go. Crusaders by a score from Stephen. Um, yeah. uh, and then we round the weekend off with the uh, Reds versus um, the Drua. The Drua off the back of that uh, that win. Um, let's hope they... Uh, haven't been partying too much and aren't too hungover come this game. Um, but uh, look, morale should be up for them. But look, they're up against the uh, Aussie champions. They're not up against um, uh, the Rebels this week. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, backing the um, the Reds by 20. 
yeah, I'd, I'd have to go along with that. I, I think I think there's a there's a big difference between the Reds and uh, where the Rebels are at the moment. Um, we we know that the Reds are are probably the the, the team to watch from Australia, and uh, I think they'll be too good. Yep. Moving on then to um, the uh, women's game. And Super Rugby Alpaki um, kicks off um, this Thursday. Um, we had the uh, a, um, a warm up game between the uh, Blues, oh, sorry, between the um, between the Chiefs um, and uh, Mataatu, uh, the uh, South Island team at the weekend, which the uh, Chiefs came out on top with. Um, Chelsea Alley not running around, so I think it's pretty clear that uh, whilst they don't want to, um, uh, we know that COVID is in pretty much all the camps to a greater or lesser degree. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she is one of the players that uh, that, that, that is down with that. Um, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's it clearly is a problem because the Hurricanes have had to pull out um, of their game against the Blues this um, Thursday. Um, so only one game this weekend at FMG Stadium. I have applied for a media pass, so hopefully um, I'll be uh, at this game between um, Chiefs um, Moana and uh, Mata Atu. Uh, but... Um, Look, I'm not sure how much you can take from a preseason game. Um, uh, again, I've got the post-match interviews with the, the head coach and Les Elder uh, recordings. Again, nothing there that I thought was that was massively said that I thought was really worth uh, worth um, uh, sort of sharing. Uh, but we need to improve our this. We need to improve that. Yada yada yada. Um, the uh, I think look, the fact that this is actually happening is great. The fact that uh, we've already lost the finals, we're only going to get five games, uh, says that this is a very small step forward in the end. With this, with Hurricanes saying that they've got some um, COVID in the camp, you do wonder to a certain degree, um, did Super Rugby uh, come out of its bubbles in Queenstown too early? Um, now, the, uh, the government's uh, regulations allow people into, into grounds now. The uh, you're, you're only a close. You only have to isolate if you're a, a close ho- household contact. So there's less isolation, etc. But there's 17,000 people getting COVID this week today or yesterday or whenever it was. Um, so look, there's a lot more of it on the community. So uh, it's a swings and roundabouts thing um, there with this one. Uh, it's a real shame that COVID is disrupting this. Um, but um, the but I can't see how they're going to stretch it beyond this. A lot, the majority of the girls, or ladies, sorry, uh, playing in this competition have got real day jobs to go back to. They can't take another two, three weeks off work to play some more games. Um, hence why uh, they've already cut off games. They're starting, I think it feels like a week late now than they were, they were, they were planning to. Um, it's just all unfortunately gone south for them. Yeah, and it's probably another thorn in the side for the um, <clears throat> Black Ferns coaching staff <clears throat> as well, Paul. Because you know they want to, you know, now that we're highlighting the, the the women's the women's game, you know, they probably want to see a lot of these women running out, running around at another level. I had a a quick look at the um, the, the game between the uh, Manawa and Matatu on uh, Saturday, the preseason game that was played in Taupo. You know, once again, there was some good good, good running football, but I, I kind of envisaged some of these play, players at another international level, Paul, because usually when you have got good internationals running around, they, they tend to stand out. Um, probably in the last set of shoes I'd want to be in as uh, the Black Ferns coaches at the, at the moment, Paul. There is a lot of work to do in that particular particular space. Yeah, and uh, with uh, I mean, what, what what how do you go about it? I think well, I think the only reason, only way you could probably go about this properly is to um, basically give out something like sixty contracts um, and have a uh, North versus South Island series um, and have them basically in camp for the next six months uh, to turn things around ahead of the ahead of the Rugby World Cup because otherwise uh, I think they are going to struggle um, against England and France. Uh, to be honest with you, so uh, yeah, that that to me is about the only way to do it. Let's be honest. There's not a lot of cash to throw around to do something like that in New Zealand rugby at the moment. I'm not sure there ever, ever has been. Um, so, but to me, that is about probably about the only way they could actually uh, the, the the black that the um, uh, the, the the what do you call it the um, oh gone blank yeah, the other black ferns um, coaches are um, are in with a realistic shout. To be honest. Uh, so, uh, real shame that this that we've gone that we've lost. Um, well, we've lost a whole bunch of preseason games 
uh, and we've lost um, three competitive games already from this from from this whole thing. Um, it's getting smaller and smaller. At least it's happening, folks. At the moment, touch wood. Um, and uh, I think that's all we can really say about that. As I say, I hope to be at the game, so look out for my post-match reactions to those post-match um, interviews with players and coaches uh, to those. Um, and uh, we'll give it uh, the normal um, driving of normal um, New Zealand Sport Radio coverage that we uh, that we try and do um, to these games, just like we do for NPC uh, and Super Rugby as well. Um, finally then, Six Nations this weekend, Stephen. Yep. Um, the uh, I mean, France have been taking this um, by storm um, let's be honest. Um, and uh, next in the firing line is Wales. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at the Millennium Stadium, but you know the way this this uh, uh, French team has has been playing. I mean, so that was a that was a, you know an improved performance against England, uh, Wales. But you know it was a case of too too little, too late at at the end of the day. And England England were the deserved winners. Um, I'm, I'm saying that. Um, boy, um, Wales could be doing the other, uh, the other four teams a whole lot, maybe not so much Italy, but three of the teams a huge favour if they can, uh, if they can upset the trickler. Um, I just can't see it, Paul. No, neither can I. Um, Wales have, uh, have, um, well, they've got their win over Scotland, they'll have another, they've got a good chance against Italy. Um, but uh, let's be honest, um, I had them down as fifth. At the beginning of this tournament, um, and uh, looks like they might be able to sink themselves up to fourth, uh, but that's probably about as good as it's uh, going to get for them. Um, actually, points difference, maybe England actually thinking about it, and we'll see um, how that because uh, England um, have not uh, have got a tough run in to finish off with. Um, but yeah, that's France all day long. Um, Italy then hosts Scotland, and um, uh, I was listening to a podcast today uh, with someone who follows about um, uh, Italian rugby. Uh, and the real problem here is that they've just, that Italy have just got their, the, the two games that they can be most competitive in, Scotland and Wales, as the last two games. Um, and they've already lost a whole bunch of players to injury. Um, so uh, getting through their first three games, they looked much better against France. I've not seen their other two games, to be honest with you. Um, so um, you've got to say Scotland should come into, come into this one as as favourites, even though it is in, is in Rome. Um, but um, Italy... Um, as I say, uh, they're unfortunately by this stage, the games that they could do best in, they've just not got their best foot to put forward. But there might be a good reason to watch this game, folks, in that it might be Sergio Perez's final game for Italy. That game that he's been trying to play since the game, since, since the Rugby World Cup, when um, Italy against New Zealand was called off. That was going to be his final, his swung song game. But uh, since then, he's been trying to get a full house in Rome to say goodbye to the fans, uh, and he may get a run out in this. Um, clearly, well past his best, um, but um, uh, a fitting send off for a guy who has uh, been such a great player for Italy. Oh, listen, uh, Sergio Parisi would be a would be a guy if he was playing rugby for any other international country. I think he'd probably walk into to most teams. As an international number eight, got got the perfect international size. What is he? Six, 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 four, six, five. Uh, multi multi skilled player. It's just just unfortunate. He's um, he's been with Italy, but let's not take that away from him. Wow, what a what a stellar career. And um, if Italy are to move forward as a a reputable international team in, in in the future. You know, they can kind of look back to moments like this, guys like Sergio uh, Parisi, who laid the foundations. Yep. Um, uh, but, or maybe also more towards people like Conor O'Shea, who put the uh, age group um, structures in place. But that's <laughs> that's another matter. Um, finally then, England versus Ireland. Um, it should be the game of the round. Um, let's be honest. England uh, uh, look, dominated possession territory against Wales for periods, but couldn't. Um, find that cat cutting edge to really score the tries that they that um, that they should have done with that uh, um, level of um, uh, what do you call it um, uh, of, of pressure. Um, Ireland going to Twickenham, it's a tough job for them, but they are clearly uh, the um, the second best team in this competition. Uh, obviously beating the All Blacks last November, uh, and um, uh, yeah, tough job for both teams um, in this one. 
hard to, hard to pick, but I mean, Ireland are the better side, um, even yeah. though I've got England jersey hanging over there. Yeah, Paul, it's 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 a game where I think whoever loses this game is pretty much out of out of contention. Um, you know, op- opportunity is gone. I think Ireland is sitting on about maybe 12, 12 points or eleven points. England sitting on on ten. So, in effect, whoever loses is is, is pretty much gone. And and for England, um, um, they've got a in their very last game they've got to travel to uh, to um, to Paris to play France. In that last round game, so tough for them. Where Ireland have a home game against uh, Scotland. Uh, Scotland, Scotland. So um, yeah, once again, France win this weekend. Boy, they're they're in pretty much pole position. Um, I'm just trying to find a points table, Paul. You might have one. You might I, have I, one. I, I, I could go on, but look at the end of the day, uh, the Six Nations is all about grand slams. It's not so much about points. Um, I think we'll see. Uh, we'll see France beat Ireland, beat beat Wales, um, and then beat England to get that Grand Slam. And uh, boy, oh boy, after beating New Zealand um, uh, in November, uh, we can really see the DuPonts and Intermax coming of age uh, and thinking and building very well towards the uh, 2023 Rugby World Cup, basically. So, um, boy, they are, uh, they're, they're going to be hard to stop um, in that one. Oh, listen, Paul, I think we, we predict, we listen, you, People should just tune into the TDM. We <laughs> we predicted this two or three three years ago when this French team won back to back World Junior titles. And um, <clears throat> you know, uh, credit to um, is it Fabian Gauthier, the the, the coach. Is, is he? The, is, um, yep. You know, he's he's had the he's actually had the guts to actually bring these guys through. And um, it's just it's just pretty it's pretty amazing. And um, isn't he? I was going to say, isn't he a, a stall to the Thames Valley Rugby Union, or didn't he? He, he coach and came over and, and did a season or so. Oh, he might. Have. I'm not sure. I should I need to look into yeah. that. But um, uh, what I would say is that again, it's through that twenty. It's a bit like the um, the England players, like your um, Watson, Nowell, Luke Cowan, Dickey, Slade, who all came through um, as under twenties winners. Um, you've then. What, uh, so England won it for a couple of years. Itoji was a, cap, a, a, a captain of an England under-20s winning team. And then you've seen France have gone and done that. And again, but have, have managed to put the players through more of a squad, um, whereas uh, England's got individual players through. And just trying to keep them fit has been a nightmare. Um, Italy beat England in the under-20s at the, uh, in the under-26 Nations um, the other weekend. So, look, Italy have got things coming through. And we'll see that, I think, I think, I think add to them. Um, finally, then uh, Simon talks about Super W, um, which has uh, kicked off in um, Australia. So this is Australia's version of Super Rugby Alpaki, except they've been doing it for a number of years now. Um, this, I think, is the uh, fifth year of the uh, the tournament. Um, the Western Force beat uh, lost the the Reds seven forty three. Um, the Rebels got beaten by Fijian Drua five to sixty six. See, Australia are doing it properly. They've got the Fijian Drua in straight away. Why do we not have a Moana Pacifica women's team in Super Rugby Alpaki? Um, and then finally, the Brumbies lost the Waratahs 17-31. So, and they have a five-round competition um, followed by um, playoffs um, as well. So um, the, uh, um, with a, a, a um, uh, so yeah, you've got to say that, um, look, uh, Australia, clearly the Wallaroos have been behind um, the, the Black Ferns, um, but uh, you can see um, they are the uh, Australia Rugby um, or Rugby Australia, sorry, isn't it? Um, are, uh, um, are trying to put things in place um, for them to to be successful going forwards, um, and uh, doing it perhaps in a well, maybe there isn't the money behind it, maybe they don't have the contracts, but um, at least giving the girls more opportunities over there. Um, Thank you, Stephen. Have, I, have we missed anything um, we want to uh, talk about? I think I think we've covered off on uh, all the rugby that was played and uh, and the key rugby that's going to be played this next weekend. Well, the good thing about it, Paul, you've still got your voice. You weren't you didn't have to talk for a whole hour, so that was a good thing. <laughs> and uh, listen, we got through just on pretty much an hour. So how's that for timing? We have, and uh, I've, I've got a supporter special coming out uh, probably uh, over the next couple of days where I'm going to talk about um, when sports watching comes back to bite. Um, uh, with the uh, invasion by Russia um, well, with the, uh, uh, of Ukraine, um, we've seen a number of sporting organisations um, very quickly getting rid of sponsors, uh, and in the case of Formula One, even getting rid of drivers um, in response to that, uh, which kind of shows you 
uh, the, the the bad uh, well basically what sports washing uh, is about. It's trying to prove that these the, the, in Russia's case that is a uh, I mean, Russia lost the uh, Champions League final, which is obviously the football thing, um, and uh, it just shows that they're trying to they, they use trying to use sport to, to portray themselves as uh, well basically normal countries, and uh, which uh, clearly um, Russia isn't. Uh, now at the uh, other end of sports washing. Uh, you've got uh, things like Altrad um, and uh, Ineos sponsoring the All Blacks. So uh, will that come back to uh, to bite the All Blacks? Clearly, we're not going to have Altrad uh, invading another country. Um, but uh, you've got to say, look, uh, when you take on these sponsorships, you do take on other things as well. Um, and uh, so uh, something I'm going to try and uh, do a sports special and talk about. Clearly, uh, it's a very minor thing. Uh, in, in the scale of um, Russia invading Ukraine um, and uh, the deaths that are happening around that, the um, the civilians who are also caught in uh, the crossfire as well and uh, all the other things that are going on there. But um, we are a sports uh, channel. We do talk about sport. Um, and uh, so hence I thought I'd talk about the sports impact uh, to a certain degree or the rugby impact to a certain degree um of um, of that so uh, look out for that over the next um couple of days thank you very much Stephen. and uh, catch us all next week at 8 p.m folks uh for the uh, driving more show uh, and also at uh, wednesday at 8 p.m for the standoff show where you'll get um, your nrl um eve uh fix as the uh, as that competition just kicks off Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.